my book says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So for you who fear and follow God through Jesus Christ our Savior should have a measure of wisdom. Wisdom is to some extent common sense and so a lot of this stuff is common sense based on what we do know. So I don't want to seem detached in some of this information because it might not flow as I normally do, but here it is and here's the reason why. The sermon this morning is entitled Living with God. So like so much of our stuff, is trying to, God's trying to give us information on what He likes in our lives and what we need to be wary of. There's warnings all the way through Scripture about this stuff. And of course, we're dealing with the war that we're having every day with Satan and his forces. And this is some of the information I think we need to know concerning this war that we live in. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 11, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth about our forgiveness. And here's what he says. In verse 10, To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave it, I in the person of Christ. He says we're commanded to forgive those who offend us. And if you forgive and I forgive, I forgave, he says, in the person of Jesus Christ because he's the one who commanded that I do this. Now look at what he says in verse 11. In other words, we need to forgive because of verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices or his ways of thinking. I've studied this verse for years, and I've never seemed to have the confidence that we all understand Satan as well as Paul thinks we do. Because we're constantly doing things that allow Satan to take advantage of us. And we don't need him to take advantage of us. So here's some things about what we do to keep him from having advantage over us. Talking about Satan getting an advantage, I was in a conversation with a missionary one time who was working with the street gangs in Houston. And he ran into a 17-year-old teenager who was demon-possessed. He got in a discussion with that demon that was possessed in that teenager trying to find out something about the demon world and how it worked. 
and he asked that demon in that teenager how he came to be in the teenager. And the demon answered him and said, I rode in on sin. That is the best explanation I have for how Satan can be possessed in a person who is unsaved. Now, we, as we said a couple, three weeks ago, I do not believe that Satan can get in the mind of believers because Satan and the Holy Spirit cannot live in the same place, my Bible says. So if the Holy Spirit is in a saved, saved person, Satan can't live there. Now, he can tempt us from the outside. He can try to influence us and try to get us to do things, but he can't get inside our head. In Proverbs chapter 25, you don't have to turn there, in verse 28, it says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. We have been talking about this thing of self-control. And what Solomon says in Proverbs is that a city without walls is indefensible. It can't defend itself. And that is the analogy he's making here about a person who has no control over their own spirit. I have had people in church say, well, I've just always been one that would lose my temper. That's just part of me. For goodness sakes, never say that out loud. And I'll tell you why in a little bit later. But Satan already knows so much about each one of us, there's probably no way we can completely keep make him leave us alone other than to resist him and not do anything he attempts us to do. And he's a coward, the Bible says, so he'll go off and work with somebody else. But let me say this. God says that we, we were created unto good works. So let your light so shine that others may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So God is glorified by the things that we do. And one public outburst of temper can keep everybody who knows us from asking us for any kind of spiritual advice to start with. So that's how Satan can destroy our, our testimony simply by letting us lose our cool in front of people. So let's go on to the next verse. A few pages over to the right in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We see in verse 13 something here that, that Paul is talking about and he's talking about false teachers. We've mentioned them continuously for the last several weeks where they're everywhere. But I'd like to show you something. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13, For such are false apostles, 
Now, you know what an apostle was. An apostle was somebody who was present with Jesus Christ and saw him and listened to him face to face. It's like a disciple. But they're dis disciples of Christ who never saw him. But the apostles were those who were there in his presence when he had a ministry on the earth. So it said, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, making you believe that they were there when Jesus said these things. And no marvel or no surprise, you shouldn't be surprised, he says, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now you know in our Bible that when it mentions angels, it does not differentiate between God's angels and Satan's angels. They were all created by God to work for God. And we know that Satan, otherwise Lucifer, who was the most beautiful angel, one of the wisest angels, and second in command to God, was kicked out of heaven because of his pride. He wanted to be sitting in God's seat, and when God found out about it, he kicked him out of heaven. Jesus said, I saw him fall like a bolt of lightning. Now, there were a third of the angels in heaven who seemed to think that Satan was going to win that conflict. And they teamed up with him and they got kicked out of heaven also. Today, I'm assuming that the demons of Satan are those angels who were kicked out with him. There are no other group of people that I know that's mentioned in the scripture that could be because there are 33 million of them. So if Satan can transform himself into an angel of light, which is one that belongs to God still today, and not one of those who's on Satan's side, well, then he can transform himself into much of anything. And Satan can transform himself into an angel that you think is from God, but he's not. Therefore, in other words, if this is true, and it is, and we shouldn't be surprised by it, he says, if it is no great thing, if his ministers, his demons, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. That's another afterthought. In other words, what he's saying, if Satan can change himself into an angel from God with the truth, then his ministers can change themselves into preachers and teachers who tell you things that you think is the truth and straight from God, and it's not. So all this to say this, you got to be careful who you listen to. <laughs> They're everywhere. I'm asked almost on a weekly basis, what TV preachers would you approve of? And there's only a few I can. But Peter says we have to try every spirit, everything, that new idea that comes our way 
we have to try it to see if it's of God. And all we've got to do is ask the Holy Spirit inside of us, is this true? And he'll tell us if it is or not. But we've got to be careful listening to things. And uh, from what I've seen of uh, public preachers on TV and whatnot, they'll tell you 99 things that are true to get to tell you one thing is not. Now let me make something clear here. All the angels were created by God to be angels. Now some of them got kicked out of heaven. They're just like the angels that are in heaven, except for the truth. They don't have the truth. They don't want the truth. They're not going to share with you the truth. But they're still angels. And angels can only be like other angels. You got a dog out here. There's some good dogs and some bad dogs, but they're all dogs. And they all act like a dog. They all bark like a dog. They all wag their tail like a dog. But some of them are good dogs and some of them are bad dogs. That's what we got to separate in this thing in Scripture. There's some good angels and they're bad angels, but they're all angels. And they're all created with the same abilities or lack of ability. Now, there's something that so many people don't realize. But angels cannot be but one place at one time. Some people think they can be everywhere. If you remember, Satan is an angel. Satan can't be everywhere. There's so many of them. We can think sometimes that he'd be everywhere because there's so many demons around and so much satanic business going on. But the fact is, Satan can only be one place at one time. I personally feel like that I have never been attacked by Satan. As soon as I learned that there are some demons that's almost as strong as him, I've probably been attacked by the stronger demons and not Satan himself. There are so many people that are so much more important than I am that if Satan can't be but one place at a time, he's probably up there messing with some of the folk that will have a whole lot more influence on people than I would. So I don't feel like that Satan has ever been after me personally. But I'm quite sure his demons have because it's easy to recognize if you've ever been attacked. So angels can only be at one place at one time. That's the way they were created. Now, they can change themselves, transform themselves, like that word there, transform themselves into an angel of light. Angels can transform themselves to look like anybody they want to look like. If you remember, Jesus and two of the angels visited Abraham in his tent back at the thing about Sodom and Gomorrah. And he had a conversation with them about whether Jesus would leave the city if there were only 50 righteous people there. Those were two angels and Jesus Christ coming in the form of a man before he ever put on the form of man as a baby and grew up to be the incarnate Christ. So they can change themselves to look like anything or anybody. They have that power. They're called spirits because for the most times they're invisible. The word in the Bible that has to do with spirits 
is the wind. You can see what it does when it's here, but you can't tell where it's coming from, or you can't always tell where it's going. Now, you look at the weather, the weather will tell you about the wind, but it'll tell you about the wind that's already blowing, not what wind's fixing to blow tomorrow, because it's all a guess from that. But spirits can be everywhere at one time if you're not an angel. God is a spirit. He can be everywhere. The Holy Spirit can be everywhere because he's a spirit. I believe that Jesus was a spirit in heaven with God before he became a babe in the manger on earth. I think that once he took on the flesh of a man, that he's always had that flesh. Jesus, I don't think at this point, can be but one place at one time. That's the reason I believe that in the 16th chapter of John, he told the disciples that when the Spirit is come, it will be stronger than I am, and it can do so many more things than I can do. Because the Spirit, at that point, could be everywhere at one time, and Jesus couldn't be but one place at one time. That's the reason I think he said that. So then, we've got God is a spirit, the Holy Spirit is a spirit, and Jesus has taken on flesh and is now can only be in one place at one time, which right now is sitting at, on the throne at the right hand of God, interceding for us. But the Holy Spirit works for him. So the Holy Spirit can be in a million people, and Jesus can only be one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit does everything Jesus tells it to. Those are things we need to understand if we're going to defeat in chapter 5 and verse 19, I believe, of 1 John. It says, for those of you who have overcome Satan. So there is a way to overcome Satan. And the way to do that it just not do what he tells you to do. Refuse, resist him. He's a coward. He'll run. He'll go somewhere else. So demons created as angels act like angels. They can do the same things that angels can. They can live in heaven and on earth too. We can't do that. Jesus now with his glorified body can. That's the reason he told Mark not to touch him until he had his glorified body. He hadn't been to heaven to be equipped to live in heaven and on earth because he came right back to earth. And that proved that he can live in both places. Angels can live in both places. We can't live in both places. We have to either be equipped for earth or equipped for heaven. And we do that. Jesus does that for us at our death because we have a glorified body the second after our heart stops beating. And then we can live in heaven. We're equipped to live in heaven. It says in chapter 13 of Hebrews, and there's no use to turn there, in verse 2, be not forgetful, the author of Hebrews tells us, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. What does that mean, entertain strangers? Invite them into your presence. Don't be too careful about not inviting strangers into your home. For hereby some have entertained angels unawares. 
You know what that tells me? There are angels who take the shape of humans and walk this earth, I believe, every day. I believe I've seen two or three of them. Jimmy and I ran into a guy that could have been one. But there are people who just seem to have an extraordinary amount of the Spirit. And angels do that except for one thing. Angels can't be saved. Angels cannot even share with us how to be saved because they don't know how. We'll see something about that a little later. So the thing is, it is no big thing to find out that somebody you just met might have been an angel down here in some form of a human. It happens. Their chief attribute of angels is strength and wisdom. Now hear that. Angels are more intelligent about everything but salvation than we are. And they're stronger than we are. We've learned that, that demons can put their strength, they're an angel, they can put their strength into a human to where he's stronger than four or five men that try to put chains on him. We've seen that in Scripture. But they can only be one place at a time. They're not what the word calls omnipresent or everywhere all the time. Now it said in the scripture we looked at that Satan may take advantage of us. Well there's a couple of three things I want to list here and this was the things I was talking about earlier that I won't give you spiritual references for every one of them but if you have a problem with any of them you come to me and I'll show you where they are. He says, the scripture does, not to invite Satan into your house or into your presence. Now how do you do that? What it's saying is don't give him a chair to sit in close to you. But we do this, and we don't realize we do it. And you can do it according to what the missionary in Houston said, by simply choosing to do something wrong that you know is wrong. When we as Christians choose wrong and to act wrong, when we know what right is, ask for all kinds of problems from Satan and his crew. They know we're a victim and we have a victim mentality. We can put targets on our back from Satan's demons who are flying about, going to and fro in the world like a lion, seeking who may may devour. Now what does it mean, devour? That word means to destroy the relationship that we have between us and God. And that's all, that, all a demon can do to a born-again believer. Now one thing that was interesting to me to find out the words that describe the demons here on this earth are military terms. They're terms that people usually talk about the military with. And they're very much in order, and they have different ranks, and there are 
demons in charge of other demons, but they all have an area that they're responsible for. That's the way Satan has got them divided up in the world. So by that, I can assume that the demons that have been in charge of Briarfield have been here since time began, since they were kicked out of heaven. Because you know that Satan does not live in hell. He's never lived in hell. A lot of people think that, but he doesn't. He was kicked out of heaven, and he fell to earth. He's always lived right here. Hell is the place that he'll be put in when it comes down to the end. But his home is right here on the earth. And he has got earth systems so messed up right now that the United States is upside down, and the only person that's happy about it is Satan himself. But what I'm saying is there are 33 million of them and they're like the military. They are stationed in places and they know they have responsibility for those places. So there's something interesting you can come up with from knowing that little bit of information. If the Satan, if the angels of Satan, the demons who live in Briarfield have been here since the beginning of time, they know your family tree all the way back. They know what it took to get your daddy and your granddaddy and your great-granddaddy and your great-great and keep it on back. And so, so much of that is in our DNA. The same weaknesses that my dad had, I've probably got. The same weaknesses that my mama and her family had, I've probably got. So Satan can assume that the things that got my mom and daddy made them fall make me fall. He's got that advantage on us already. All the genetic weaknesses that I have, he knows about because he's experienced them for years and years in my family tree. He knows my weaknesses, and I can assume that he knows yours. Demons can talk. We just read where they can preach. So demons can talk. We see in the Word where they talk to Jesus. When Jesus was talking to Peter, and he said, Get thee behind me, Satan, in Matthew chapter 16, I believe, he knew that he was talking to a demon that was talking through Peter's voice. Get thee behind me, Satan. And Peter was the only one standing in front of him. So they can talk. We've already seen they can preach. They can teach because the false teachers, a lot of them are not people. They're demons that have changed themselves into people or, or beings who look like people. They normally use their host mouth. They talk like they talk through the vocal cords of the person they're possessed in. But they don't talk with the same voice and the same accent that the person does. If you're talking, everybody I've ever seen that talked with a demon that was in a possessed person said their voice was very recognizable. It didn't sound like the person's voice. It was a deep, hoarse voice. So we know they can talk. We know they can hear. Satan, demons, can hear what you say. 
Now that opens up a whole new idea for what you need to say and what you don't need to say if you've got things inside of you that if Satan's crew knew it, that would help to destroy you and to take advantage of you. So whatever you say outside loud, if a demon's close enough to hear it, they'll know something about you that nobody else knows. Whatever you tell your friend on the telephone, your closest friend, if you say it out loud and a demon happens to be in your presence, he finds out what everything personal you've got. And he can use that against you. Demons can also see. And if somebody says to you, you know George is going to be here to visit us for a couple of hours tonight, and you say to yourself, oh my gosh, I, I just don't like that guy. You don't even have to say it. The look on your face, demons will see it and know that he can use that person to try to get to you because you don't like him to start with. They can see that stuff. And you give demons information. You give them advantages just by looking at the way you, your face is and the way you react to things and to what you say about yourself. The Bible says that the, boy, the mouth speaks out of the excesses of the heart, so the mouth said what's in your heart already. So if you don't want the demon world to find out about you, don't say it out loud. Doesn't that make sense? Because you never know where they are. They're invisible. They can be right in your room. You won't know it. So demons know your heart. They know what you're thinking right now if you say it. They're very, very discerning creatures. They know stuff. Everything we know, they know. I knew a friend that was in the real estate business who went to classes that could tell you whether a person was ready to buy a piece of property or not by looking at his facial expression and watching his eyes. Well, if people can do that, demons can do that. They can be there while they're being taught and they can get the same lessons that those people got. It gets me that people can't understand that. There's another little thing. <laughs> I don't do Facebook, but people I know do Facebook. And they tell me things that are on Facebook that people have said about themselves that they wouldn't say for anybody else. Now, I'll tell you this for sure. Whatever you say on Facebook, the demons do Facebook. They'd be crazy not to because it's probably the utmost manner in which we may declare our ignorance is by what we say about ourselves on Facebook. So if you don't want Satan and his crew to know about what's going on, don't say it on Facebook. In other words, his granddaddy used to say, you need to be particular. Now let me say something else. 
and I don't know whether you know this or not, I hope you gathered up by a sermon three or four weeks ago to get an idea. God has given us authority and people of authority to protect us. He's given people badges and they swore themselves in to protect me from criminals. Now a lot of them are not allowed to work anymore, but still they were there for that purpose. God has given children parents to protect them. And what does God say? I said a couple, three weeks ago, the only commandment to a child is to obey. And if a child obeys his mother and father, he will be in a state of protection, assuming his mother and father are normal people who love their kids. So what I'm saying, if you are in a state of protection and you live like you are under protection, Satan's angels, his demons, can recognize that and figure you're not going to be that easy a target. And when we live in a state of rebellion, very much like those people who won't forgive anybody, they hold grudges against, they're living in a state of rebellion because they're in rebellion to the commandments of Jesus that says forgive people. So when you live in a state of rebellion, there's every reason in the world why a demon wouldn't pick you as a target. If you remember the scripture in 1 Peter about Satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour, you know what a roaring lion does? He walks into the jungles and he's looking for a victim. And don't you think that he's not looking for an antelope that's crippled or sick or about to die or something so it'll be easy for him to overdo him. So like I said a few weeks ago, it would be stupid for a little half-grown antelope to tell his mama, I'm going to go to the back of the herd and act like I'm crippled. Uh-uh, child, don't do that. You will attract a lion. But that's what we do as people. That's what kids do, not knowing any better. And when we act like we're in a state of rebellion, Satan knows we're weak, and that's when he attacks. What did, it all fits. What did the boy say in Houston with the demon in? The demon said, I came in on sin. It's easy to get into people when they're sinning, and it's easy to get into me and you when we're not living right. As long as we're living like we're fully protected and we're doing everything that God would have us do, the demon said, oh, don't mess with him. You'll fight with him for a half a day and won't get nothing out of it. So they go to somebody who looks weaker. So don't look weak. God has given us authority in our lives, our bosses, the judges, the, the town mayors, and the governors, and the presidents of our country, and the government, 13th chapter of Romans. We're supposed to obey them. Why? Because it protects us, he said. And demons, I think, 
have general orders. I don't think that Satan calls up each demon every morning and said, your job today is supposed to be to do so and so and so and so to old so and so over there. I don't believe that. I believe the demons have general orders and they are told to destroy anything they can with God and his business. Now, let me ask this. If that's the case, what is God's business? It's us. That's the only business God has is us. The only thing he lives for is for us. And he's trying to fix it to where we can be like his children and like his best child, Jesus. So how do you destroy God's business on earth? You destroy the people's business with God. You destroy the fellowship with God. You make people do something that would cause God to turn his face away from his own children, he says, in the 55th chapter of Psalms. Don't think thoughts that you're not supposed to think. Don't let trash stay in your mind. Don't let it get in there to start with. There's a lot of things that I don't want to even know anything about because I don't want it laying around up there in my brain messing up everything else. And he says in the scriptures that he wants us to be ignorant about so many things. So why have I got to know a little bit of something about everything and about everybody? There are things about you that I don't want to know. Makes it a lot easier for me to preach to you. So they have general orders to destroy us. What did they say? To kill, maim, and destroy, and steal was, 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 was Satan's orders to his people. If he can kill us before we get saved, he's, saved, he, he's kept a Christian from being a Christian. If the only thing he can do with us once we become saved is to keep us from acting like God wants us to. So God will have to turn his head away from us because he says he resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. All we've got to do is have a little pride and God's not going to help us. You see what a situation we're in. We have been created by God, chosen the elect to be some very, very special people on this earth. And God wants us to act like special people people that he has chosen to be his favorites and to do that we got to keep Satan off our back and that's what Jesus prayed in the 17th chapter of John in his prayer back to the father keep them from the evil one he didn't say keep the evil one from them he said keep them from the evil one the problem y'all is us if we don't want to do bad then Satan's got no business with us anyhow. But it's our idea of playing the kind of on the line that gives Satan an idea that he might get the best of us. They have orders to possess and control unbelievers. And that unbeliever can make you so mad you will do almost anything sometime just to keep him off of you. 
So do not fall for this business of an unbeliever provoking you. Don't argue with them. Don't try to argue Bible with them. If you see they're going to argue and not going to be open to what you're saying about Jesus, turn around and walk off. Politely walk off so you can come back maybe. But there's no point in getting in an argument with anybody. I've had preachers tell me that I need to argue with Mormons and argue with Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't argue with anybody. I don't know but what that Mormon might come back and say, you said this in front of me, let's talk some more about it. I know of saved Mormons, and I know of saved Jehovah's Witnesses. And somebody had to talk to them. Somebody did. They didn't run them off their front porch as soon as they recognized who they were. And also, they have orders to oppress and tempt believers. That's what they do to us. I don't believe they can get in our mind. They can't make us have thoughts. They can give us mental pictures. They can put pictures in front of us that make us have bad thoughts. We do that. We know we do that. But in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, and this is something very interesting. We've been talking about angels. God's angels, Satan's angels, or demons. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, which things the angels desire to look into. You know what he's talking about? Salvation. Angels are so curious about this thing we call salvation. God did not plan salvation for angels. They don't understand it. They don't get it. He did not give angels the job of bringing salvation to us. They don't understand it. And they watch us so close. They're so curious about this thing we call salvation because they don't understand it. Nobody that you've ever heard, nobody in the Bible that has ever been approached by an angel was saved because of that approach. Jesus has approached some people in the Bible like he did Paul, and he was saved by that, but not angels. Angels don't understand. So there is some information that to keep Satan from getting the advantage of us, all those things we need to know. And like I said, all this talk of binding Satan is just that. It's just talk. God never tells us to try to bind Satan. God tells us to resist Satan, and he will flee. All you've got to do is just like Jesus said, just tell him no. And it's as simple as that. But to know that Satan can't be but one place and that angels can't be but one place is information that we know. The fact that they have all this, these, these, these senses that they can know what's going on with us if you tell them. But if you don't tell them, they have to guess. And if they're guessing, they don't know for sure. But so many people, I say, are making statements about themselves that would put a target on their back that big. You're not going to find out much about what goes on my inside 
I don't want no bigger target on my back than I've got already. So I'm very careful about what I say and what I do and how I act in front of people because in front of people is when you might be in front of a demon. And if you're by yourself, you can be in front of a demon and not even know it. But they're here all the time and we wake up every morning in a war with that demon world. And we need to know how to protect ourselves. Keep Satan from getting an advantage on us. And understand too that angels don't know anything about salvation. That's pretty clear in our work, in our book. They help us. They fight for us. They even fight demons. We'll look at that place in, in Daniel where Daniel prayed and an angel was sent to answer his prayer and a demon interrupted it and got in a fight with him and was in fighting with him for two weeks before another angel came and they double teamed that demon and he got away from him to come and answer Daniel's prayer. That's an interesting thing that goes on in this, in this spirit world that's around us all the time. A demon and an angel can be fighting next door and you wouldn't even hear the racket. We don't understand that stuff like the people did in Jesus' day. When if you went to the A&P or the Piggly Wiggly in Jesus' day, you may have to walk by the cemetery and every time you walk by the cemetery, that fellow that was demon-possessed would come out and try to tear your clothes off of you and beat you up. That doesn't happen anymore. But it does. It does every day because we see it. When a demon-possessed person gets a hold of an AK-47 and goes into a classroom and shoots kids that have never bothered him at all. If you do not believe that that is Satan doing that in a person's body, you really don't understand where it is. And the people in charge call it mental illness. And when they interrogate the person that did it, he said, well, those voices in my head told me to do that. Mental illness does not have a voice. Demons have a voice. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your information. Thank you for giving us a heads up that we can know how to keep Satan off of us and for keeping us from doing what we need to do for you. Our Bible says, let not our heart condemn us. It also says our heart is the biggest liar in the world. It tells us lies all the time. And when your Holy Spirit, God, says do so and so, our heart says, oh man, you can't do that. Don't listen to your heart. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in you. Be obedient to God through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. Lord, teach us how to be like your children, be strong like your children, to be like Jesus, in whose name I pray, amen.